the net worth of a white family is nearly 10 times greater than that of a black family. The typical black family has only 10 cents for every dollar held by the typical white family. And there has been virtually no progress to close that gap in the last 50 years. This is the Black Money Matters Podcast. So welcome to the original, that's right, original, Black Money Matters podcast, powered by 960 Digital and the Wealth Empowerment Network, where we talk about all things black wealth. And so who am I? My name is Marcus Warren, financial advisor, tax enrolled agent, and author of a couple of books. One is called The Retirement Playbook, and the other is called the tax playbook. And so today I really want to talk about the wealth gap and more specifically black wealth or the lack thereof and the steps that we can take to shift the mindset to the long term. And so what do I mean by shifting that mindset or that paradigm of thinking to the long term? So from my experiences, when it comes to building wealth we are at a disadvantage, not just black folks, but a lot of folks, because we live in this uh, consumerism society. What's up? Fresh is our turn, baby. You know, it's about buy this, you know, Fashion Nova, buy that, you got Gucci. But all it does is shift the focus from the long term to the short term. And we all know this. We, we all start out with the good intentions, you know, of putting money away from retirement. You know, what, 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 else, what else do you hear? Here, paying yourself first, you know, contributing that 15% or whatever it is to your 401k, you know, but life shit happens, right? I mean, you got, you got rent. You got car payments, electric bills, credit card bills, food, hell, child support. And, well, you know, you really could be paying that already through those wage garnishment, uh, those wage garnishments. You know what I'm saying, folks? <laughs> anyway, I digress. So uh, let's talk about this wealth gap because gaps in wealth between black and white households, it really reveals the effects of long-term inequality and discrimination as well as differences in power and opportunity that can be traced back to this nation's inception, basically all the way back to slavery. So think about this, you know, really until the end of legal slavery in the U.S., enslaved people were considered property and a form of wealth. You know, slave owners took loans out against the collateral value of their slaves to fund new businesses. And, you know, when, when you really think about it, 
you know, it, it, it's it's that collateral that w- that was able to build a lot of that white wealth. Now, you know, while blacks did make gains in wealth acquisition after slavery ended, the pace was slow and it started from essentially nothing. And whites could easily use violence to force blacks from their property uh, via terrorism or whatever means. And so black wealth, in essence, was fragile without the rule of law to prevent all of these unlawful seizures. And so by 1915, black property owners in the South had less than one-tenth of the wealth of white landowners. And really, the, when it, this trend, it remained stable for the next 50 years. And so in 1965, a hundred years after emancipation, by the way, blacks were more than 10% of the population, but we held less than 2% of the wealth in the United States. So what about real estate? Because black people, we know, we love our real estate. What I'm about, put your money in that real estate. I put my money in that real estate. Well, think about this. The, uh, the Federal Housing Administration, the FHA, they permitted the use of what's called restricted covenants, uh, which basically prohibited home sales for blacks. And let's not forget about redlining, which outlined black communities as hazardous areas, which directly reduced property values and increased rates. It is important to note that when we talk about government policy, the way that whites accumulated wealth, especially the, the middle class, it didn't just simply appear. It was government policy. And to some extent, it was literal government welfare. Um, really, the government welfare, it, it provided finance, it provided education, it provided land, infrastructure to help whites amass and pass down wealth. On the other hand, blacks were largely excluded from these wealth generating benefits, which is unfortunate. And when you think about the black and white wealth gap, it reflects society that has not and does not afford equality and opportunity to all of its citizens. Um, Efforts by us to build wealth, it can be traced back throughout American history, but it's always been impeded and restricted by many different things. Let's talk about slavery, right? 200 plus years of slavery, followed by uh, Jim Crow laws, followed by black codes, followed by um, many many other laws and restrictions that prevented us from building wealth. Wealth was taken from a lot of our communities before it had the opportunity to grow. So what can we do? Well, the first thing that we can do is to understand what wealth is. And so wealth is the sum of resources available to a family at a point in time. Basically, it's what you own minus what you owe. And it can be influenced by the income of a household. But the two are not perfectly correlated. I talked about this in the introduction to uh, the Black Money Matters podcast. But two households, they can have the same income. Follow along with me real quick. They can have the same income but the household with the fewer expenses or with more accumulated wealth from past income or from inheritances, they will have more total wealth. And so let's take it a step further. Why would high 
and or middle income white families be so much wealthier than black families with the same income? Well, there's a couple of different reasons. Number one, white families receive much larger inheritances on average than black families. And a lot of what I'm talking about today, really, uh, I want to give a, a shout out because it can be attributed to uh, uh, Derek Hamilton and Trevor Logan, who are professors at uh, Ohio State University. And I'm really just unabashedly just taking everything from uh, a lot of things that I read from them. But number one, they have uh, uh, white families, they receive larger inheritances than on average than black families. Um, and those inheritances and intergenerational transfers, uh, Hamilton and Logan basically say that it accounts for more of the racial wealth gap than any other demographic and social economic indicator. So that's number one, right? Inheritances, intertrans, intertransgenerational transfers. And then number two are taxes. You see, the income from wealth is taxed at a much lower rate than income from work. The income from inheritances and from wealth is taxed at, what do I want to say, a, more of a lopsidedly low rate, right? Is lopsidedly even a word? But anyway, it's taxed at a lopsidedly lower rate, especially when compared to earnings. Think about Warren, Warren Buffett. Remember when Warren Buffett said that, hey, um, I paid less in tax percentage-wise than my secretary. And what did he mean by that? He basically mean that he generates his money from wealth and his wealth is taxed lower than his secretary who generates her money or her income from earnings. And then the fact that intergenerational uh, transfer of wealth is lightly taxed means that historical gaps will persist and have persisted over generation, which means that wealth begets more wealth. And so what can you do? So I laid out the issues. I laid, I laid out the concerns. I laid out the problems. What can you do? Number one, it's about education. When you know better, you can do better. That's our mission here. Black Money Matters, the Wealth Empowerment Network. That is what we are here for. Number one, education. Number two, let's talk about uh, what you generally hear, just the standard financial advice that you hear across the board an emergency fund, right? Six months, three to six months worth of living expenses. You need to have some sort of emergency fund. So when you lose a job, something happens, you have money. Maybe it's a global pandemic and you need some extra income and you need to have a safety cushion, a safety net, an emergency fund. So you need to have that emergency fund, number one. Number two, you need to pay yourself first. You hear about that all the time. Pay yourself first. Don't pay any bills. Don't uh, uh, send, send that money off to the electric company. Pay yourself first. Put money away in your savings accounts, in your 401k, company retirement plans, whatever that may be, but you have to pay yourself first. And then we talked about the transfer of wealth because that is the biggest thing you can do. How can you do, how can you achieve that? Life insurance, life insurance. What do you generally hear about life? There's a bunch of commercials about life insurance. It says, hey, a 45-year-old man uh, can get uh, $500,000 of death benefit uh, by paying pennies on the dollar, right? Uh, $12 a month can get you $500,000 of life insurance for your family. And that's important. Because remember when I said that inheritances and other intergenerational transfers account for more of the racial wealth gap than any other demographic and social economic indicator. 
life insurance. Pass that on. Now, it's not a benefit to you because you're dead, but it will be a benefit to your heirs and your kids. It's very important. Think about that. Emergency fund, pay yourself first. Think about life insurance. I'm done. All right, so if you have any questions, if you need anything, if you need anything, all you have to do, you can email us at info at wealthempowernetwork.com. That is wealthempowernetwork.com, and we can help. Or, better yet, you can go to talktomarcus.com. When you go to talktomarcus.com, it'll pull up my schedule. We can schedule a 15-minute phone call, and we can see, uh, you can talk to me, schedule a call to talk to me personally, and we can see if we can help. This is the original Black Money Matters podcast. Take care. And until next time. 